space, the final frontier. Space Station Ashland sits on the edge of Federation space with its companionship, the USS Dalamis Christian. The space around them is full of mystery and strange wonders, where secrets are kept and danger lurks around every corner. The crew of the Dalamis Christian must navigate treacherous waters as they work to protect the Federation. But as they peer into the unknown, they will discover that the line between friend and foe is not always clear. They will be tested like never before and will face challenges that will push them to their limits. Join us on this adventure as we explore the farthest reaches of space and uncover the hidden truths that lie within the shadows. Tabletop Journeys presents Star Trek Preservations. Star Trek Preservations. The episode is entitled The Hunt on Takaris Prime. We welcome you. Solon welcomes you. She hands you a small piece of paper, actually. I look at it. It's a piece of paper that says... We should meet in the old city, and it's signed Tanar of Cardassia. And you'll forgive me if I created any concerns, but when I heard that your specific Starfleet ship was going to be here, I thought it was important that I speak with you. I offer an invitation. I believe there are those who are perfectly willing to change how they do things now, but are also perfectly willing to hide their complicity in what took place before. Please don't be offended by this, but how are you any different? Or you could maintain the same pace and the next leg's difficulty would increase some more. Bearing in mind, with the exception of Lucian, who has that darkness issue, this is not particularly difficult. As you get into this last leg, the rain is a bit more torrential. Visibility remains low. The cold has created slight icing along the way so that the base difficulty here would be a four. Because of your previous momentum spends, the difficulty is reduced by two for everyone. For Tanari, you're at a three at this point. For Lucian, he's at a four at this point. So we'll start with Lieutenant Nujar. Last leg to get through this part of the travel, and then you should be at the point where the coin is available to you. I'm going to spend one threat to buy an extra die so I get my reroll if I need it. Okay. 
and three dice. And we decided this was fitness security. So that 15 I will reroll. Because it's Pupikaka. I don't need to, but I may as well to see if I get another one. Because I got a one and a seven, which is three successes. And a 15. Okay. But since I can reroll the 15, I will reroll the 15. And hey, now it's an 11. So that's four successes. Excellent. So you have one momentum to spend. I had a difficulty of two and I got four successes. So I have two. Okay. Momentum. So you have two oh, momentum to, to immediately spend. Okay. So what appears to be slowing Lucen down the most? Is it lack of vision? Is it getting dark and dim? Yep. What's it's the darkness. It's the low light condition that is impacting them the most. Then I will spend that two momentum to create an advantage by pulling out of, it's not pulling out of a pack. It's more using the camera's flash ability because it has more ability to manipulate light than I had originally, than just a, a camera of today. I had mentioned that earlier. He creates, he basically turns on the flash on a constant to create a flashlight and hangs it around his neck. Excellent. That creates the advantage necessary with those two bonus momentum, and that eliminates that difficulty. So now Lucian is operating on the same level as the rest of the party, eliminating his negative in this situation. And he says, thank you, sir. So in addition, I'm going to spend another two momentum to hand a hype, pull off the bandolier. I hand a hypo spray to Avidian and say, Tanari, the doc gave me this in case it got too bad. And so I hand you a, I hand you a hypo spray full of happy drugs to deal with your agoraphobia. All right. Then I will essentially take the prescription from the captain. Nothing says awesome like a big blue guy on Xanax. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and thus eliminating your additional challenge, so you are at the base level of two for this as well. And would you care to roll? I take the hyper spray, take a deep breath, calm down, realizing that the rain and clouds are actually making things look a little more closed in and helping me out. I'll actually pull out my Ushan since it's a was meant as an ice pick, which will actually help me climb. And then I have a question, because this is using a talent for something not quite what it was the text says it's for. Okay. Ask away. It says in combat, if I use the threat to make a roll with you, Sean, I can roll one or more d20s. This isn't combat, but it does say it was an ice pick, which meant it would be originally used in an environment like this. I would take that definitely as a scene advantage. So where you were previously operating on an increased difficulty, you will be mm -hmm. now operating on an increased chance for success. So where the base roll for everybody is at this point two, I would put yours one in the other direction. So you're now operating on a difficulty of one based on using your Usha. Okay, that's cool. Then I will spend one momentum for an extra dice. How many momentum have we got right now? 
Four. All right. I got two successes. Okay. That's what you needed. Which is one better than you needed. You're at five momentum. You're moving along quite well. And can I extend two momentum to create an advantage? Since I've got the Ushan to help me out in climbing, to pull out a rope from the captain's pack, tie us all together. Absolutely. Commander, if you don't mind. Of course. All right, everybody's everybody's secured, thus limiting or eliminating at this stage excessive damage if anybody were to fail. Because you are fairly high up at this point. Mm-hmm. Loose and rolls. He has one success, and let's see. Fitness is a 10, con is three. So he only has one success at this point. He is trying to keep up, but he looks like he might be missing a bit. Captain, you said you were going to assist him? Yep. All right, so at 17, I succeed uh, in my presence command assist, which also means, since I have the advisor talent, he's able to re-roll one die. Oh, okay. He re-rolls and is successful, so that will net the team a momentum. Not a critical success, but standard. He keeps up. He looked for a moment like he was going to waver. The captain says, you got this, Ensign. And he bolsters up and carries on and performs admirably. And Commander Tobor. All right, I'll spend a single momentum for an extra die and continue with my fitness con augmented by my science talent. Oops, 7, 11, and 8. That's going to be three successes. Excellent. With three successes, that gives you two momentum. You have a spend, and you have reached the top. I will give you this before you decide what you're going to spend your momentum on. Remembering the goal was to find a very specific type of uh, coin to bring back. You are presented with 12 coins. Ooh. And you have to dis- and your goal will be to determine which is the correct coin. I have xenoanthropology, so I am going to spend my two momentum on a, for lack of a better word, like a culturally relevant hint uh, as to which coin is the correct one. So it'll lower the difficulty of whatever. What did you say it was Shandas? Was, that was yep. like, I assume that was either like using cultural anthropology, that'll either be like some kind of historically relevant figure or location. And so I'll like the symbol on the coin that matches up with who Sandas was or is. Certainly. With that momentum spend, you will very quickly identify the Sandas comes from a very specific time period in the Takaran hi- histories. And that thereby eliminates a number of the different coins because they were alloys and not pure minerals. Sandas is old enough where it would have been before specific minerals would have been available. It would have been a coin minted at a time where everything was pure. Of the 12, there are only 
four coins of pure metal. So you've eliminated all of your options down to four of them. Now, which of the four is the Shandas? That's going to be the next set of rolls. But you've got it narrowed down to a, a bronze coin, a silver coin, a gold coin, and a platinum coin. I'll flip out a, and open a tricorder and scan them for like age, carbon dating, That's for the Shandas time. And then also going through my xenoanthropology and the cultural information I've picked up. I assume Shandas was a Bronze Age civilization for them. It's going to be my guess. Now that's the coin of a carpenter. <laughs> I almost I, I that took earlier too. So you all obviously have sussed out my individual personal cultural references. Because that is definitely the mood we're going for here. <laughs> you've passed the trials and now you've got a decision to make. It is what it is, man. I am who I am, right? <laughs> It's a beautiful reference. Yeah. Indeed. Um, all four of these coins were minted during the Shandash time period. But which one is specifically the Shandash coin is what you're going to be looking to find out. So they're all from the same general time period. So now looking around this room, there's several, like I said, there's the 12 coins. They're basically displayed on these stone there's a, a pedestal which looks like it's a is it stalactite that comes from the ground or stalagmite that comes from the ground mite mite comes from there so stalagmites that are flattened at the top and then there's a little coin holder kind of thing and the coins are actually fairly big they're about they're roughly they're about hand wide if you put your index fingers and thumbs together that's a and that that space that between that that would be about the size of each of these coins in some cultures they might be more like smaller plates but they're they consider coins here Medallions is probably the better way to describe it. Yes. And they each have their own various etchings and printings and upon them. But at this point, looking around, you also know that there are murals around in the background and there are other things depicting different things Next from different question. time frames. And there seems to be murals for each of these things and that there's different things pointing at different ways and things like that. You have a lot of things from which to take your investigations. So I'll leave it to the group to discuss amongst yourselves how you want to approach this and then let me know when you're ready to ask questions slash make rolls. I have one other observatory question from the very beginning to see if it makes a difference on the final four. Yeah. Do they all appear to be legitimate or are any of them counterfeited or souvenir shops thrown up here just to create more coin diversity? Ooh, great question. That's an investigation one. I'll let you make that roll because that may also take care of some of this issue. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be studying the mural, looking at both this, all the symbology and maybe the writings and the iconof- iconography to see which amongst all that matches anything on the various, the four remaining coins. Okay. And Tanari? I'm trying to remember the old city we went to, did that date back to the time of these coins or was that too new? Absolutely. The oldest part of the city you got to is the part of the city that would have been the Shandas period. Okay, so I'm going to try to remember trying to remember what kind of metals were used predominantly in that construction and see if we can match that to the metals 
using the coin. You have eliminated bronze and gold. Okay. All right. And then another thing is, like, are the stalagmite pillars that the coins are on, do they themselves show any kind of iconography, symbols, writings, language stuff carved into yes. them? And does do they match each other? And if they don't, does one match the mural? We'll do a roll to determine the, those specifics, but yeah, that's definitely in there. So, Najar, your role in investigating the counterfeit nature, knowing the information that Tanari had, you've only really got two coins to choose from at this point. So it has definitely made this difficulty significantly less. You're operating at this point on a two difficulty. Okay. And we have how many momentum? Five? Six. Six? We can't have more than five momentum, can we? No, six is the max. Six, six is, is the max. max. Okay, cool. And what? And how much threat is there? There are four threat currently. Four threat. Okay. Good. Not enough for a reversal, so let's not give them any more. <laughs> but I like to live dangerously. Thus, bold yeah. security, right? Najar is going to pick them up and manhandle them and... and boldly investigate them, spending a threat for a die. We're only 38 threat short of Lewanika's Christmas present. At which point, when you pick it up, the stalagmite sinks into the floor and the boulder comes rolling out of the hill. <laughs> and we must run. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Same movie trilogy, or quintology, as it were, now. Right, so I've got two successes now, but since I spent the threat for a, a die, I'm going to reroll the 15 again. Again with the 15, too. That's what I ruled last time. For a third success. You have three successes. It only takes two. You've got a plus one moment, immediate momentum spend, but you are successful in your roll. Okay. So... That momentum spend, I spend that momentum to notice that when I bit one of them, it dented too easy, and that one's clearly counterfeit. Okay. You have determined that the platinum coin is clearly uh, a counterfeit coin, leaving only the silver coin. However, I still want the commander's roll to go through to see if there's any additional information that you might be able to, to ask. Yeah, so I'll I hand them both over to him going, I think it's this one, sir. All right. And I'll take both of them in, using uh, insight science with my xenoanthropology to confirm that the silver coin has the like markings like looking for a sp the specific symbol like the symbol of Shandos or whatever mytho mythological iconography that was on there right. spend, spend one for uh, momentum for the extra die and two successes excellent you are successful but what you realize is, while that is the correct coin, you also realize that while they say it is the coin, the Shandos itself is not the coin, but it is the holder of the coin. No. And that's what the murals depict. What the murals are showing you is in each of them, they show a coin, they show a thing, but, but they always show something not holding the coin. Over The mural over there will show 
the icon of whatever deity or whatever historical figure was actually holding the coin and you notice that under each of them the holders look slightly different except for this is the only picture or mural out of all 12 where the holder is shaped exactly like the hands of the icon holding the coin and when you look at the stalagmite and its etching it literally tells the story of the one who first held the medallion is the hero of our people the hero of takar and the the usher in of the shandos time period so shandos is not necessarily the medallion itself the medallion is an image of the person who held it first and that is the holder itself so when they ask you to re bring back the shandos they're right. asking you to bring back the actual holder that it was in and not the medallion itself right and with that you have completed this part of it unless there's anything else that anybody wanted i will scene end because you actually get to the bottom of the mountain with this and uh, we'll pick up the next scene unless there's something else that somebody wanted to do while we're here now just some high-fiving and good teamwork everyone yeah that was really well done eliminating the bulk of those right off the rip was sweet work sweet work everybody had a really nice interesting take on that Do you want early access to every Tabletop Journeys episode? How about exclusive content, live broadcasts, and the chance to throw dice with your favorite hosts and fellow fans? Or, heck, do you just want to support the show? Join our Patreon today at www.patreon.com slash ttjourneys. We have tiers to fit any budget for a monthly commitment, or you can make a one-time contribution to the cause. We love doing the show for y'all, and support helps us keep creating and producing great content for you. So join us today at www.patreon.com slash ttjourneys. When you get to the bottom, this is where the scavenger hunt race part of things take place. It's a new scene. What you basically have to do is race back to that original start period. By the way, the weather was all up in the mountains. As you come down, the weather gets better and back to where you normally were. Whatever they use for weather control here operates on a very surface level. So weather can be very different at higher elevations than it is at the lower elevations. It's just the way they work at this point. Oh, I just figured it was actually point. part of the control that it was like, and now we're going to have our uh, weather satellite system thingy make it slightly more challenging. Nope, nope. It's just their limitations of their technology here. They've only got a certain amount of control over, over weather effects so far. So at this point, your team has a run to the center. There are other teams that are close, but you've got to run to get there because you did not suffer any of the lingering effects of the travel no one's exhausted nobody's taken stress your difficulty here in opposition to others is reduced but there are two other teams that are that are in the running here and i'm gonna roll their dice separately i've got four total threats so one of those teams is going to get one extra die the other team is going to get 
two extra die. And we're going to basically make the run at total successes to see who gets there first. They, the first team has four people. So I'm going to, I'm just going to roll uh, those to get their numbers and tell you what they are. So you know what you're up against for successes. This is the team that has one extra die. There are two successes. Second person, two successes, third person, two successes, fourth person, one success. That's the team from Taylor. They have a total of seven. The next team had two extra dice and their leader is rolling all of the dice. This is a Ferengi team. The leader has three successes. Next one has no successes. Next one has three successes, one of which is a critical. That's one more for that team. So that has four total from that guy? Or three, but with the critical? Three with the critical. And then the last member of that team has a complication. Um, And that complication is you witness them doing something that indicates they cheated. That's information that you are now aware of. The Ferengi used some kind of booster boots to get them where they were going. You can tell that they had that tech. Total of six. All right. And so your team is up. You're operating what you're up against, what your momentum is. There is currently no threat against you. I used it all in the last push to try to get out in front of you and fail miserably. So if we were to do some momentum spends to create advantages now, again, it would just count as extra successes instead of correct reducing it. So I will definitely spend two momentum for our Starfleet training advantage. Because okay. even, even the nerdiest Starfleet person has to run like the Tuvok laps on the, that one episode. Excellent. If I'm doing my math correctly, if uh, that's we're down to five, so we're five momentum down to three, right? That is correct. All right, and I'll spend another two for the advantage of having Lucin's eidetic land navigation senses. So yep. he is give, guiding all of us through his perfect. Eidetic memory. All right, so that's going to give you a total, uh, each of you a total of two successes on top of whatever you roll, which puts you to start with at six. Barring complications, um, we'll see where you end up. I like the order we had just because it was easier to go with, and so we'll start with Lucian first because he was leading the way with what was provided. Cool. He will go. He's got two successes. 
no no criticals and no complications nice all right keeping track that's two for team delamas christian and lieutenant najar all right najar will set his jaw dig deep encouraging his teammates getting into the spirit of the competition and all of that and boldly run forward spending a threat to gain another die and we'll throw out three successes all right you're at three and lieutenant tanari okay tanari still feeling the happy juice not particularly liking running through the open but we'll run pell-mell through the city we'll also spend a threat to get an extra die All right. For three successes. Okay. All right, you got three successes. Parkouring over restaurant tables and whatnot. Yep. And Commander Tovor. All right, I will just use Fitness Con and not create a scene. And, oh, two successes, actually. Five and a nine. I'm going to add a threat at this point. And that threat is simply going to be something you notice as you're running through the city and getting to that open field. Right as you're passing where the bookshop is, you notice a group of Cardassians kicking in the door of the bookshop. Do you stop to do something about that? Or or do you let your team continue without you? The galaxy is a dangerous place, so I'm absolutely going to complicate this with my value and go toward for the bookshop okay. without telling any of them. All right. When you get in the bookshop, you find three dead Cardassians. Like, you saw it happen by the time you get there. You saw a flash of some kind of phaser or disruptor fire, like, through the windows as you get there. When you enter, there are three dead Cardassians. There is a disruptor and a glove on the table. And several of the physical books removed from various shelves. And there's a door to the rear open. And none of them are Tanar, right? None, none are, are Tanar, and none are the boy. All right. I slap my uh, comm badge and uh, contact internal security. Yeah. <laughs> this is Sabian Tabar to uh, 911 IXII. Uh, I'm at the Old City Tanar bookstore. It appears there was a altercation. There are three dead Cardassian individuals. Please dispatch the constables. I will remain on scene and keep it secure until they arrive. As everybody's running, by time the constables arrive very quickly and they come by those tram things. So you see two things. One of the trams come up. It's got colored slightly different. You see it has the standard Sunni and Android there and several other Sunni and Androids come out 
they are wearing gear that you could only assume is that of their security forces. There is one non-Android type person with them. This happens to be a Takaran as well. And by the way, I don't think I ever described the Takarans. They are natively, they have a, a ruddy type of complexion, almost reddish. And they don't have pronounced ridges or brows or anything of that nature, but their lower earlobes tend to dangle quite a bit. They're a little bit lower than a human would be considered. And they do have interesting, like, bony protrusions, not let it pierces the skin, but you can see, like, the bones on their forearms uh, and on their arms and also on the fronts of their legs. Um, that's really their biggest unique feature other than that they look more or less like humans they have various hair colors such like that but they they just have those very basic differences and a relatively darkish reddish skin tone not to the point of say darth maul they're not like that kind of red it's more like a rudy almost brick colored red kind of thing like kazon red yes that would be a good depiction so one of those security forces, as they exit, he says, thank you for the call. Welcome. Solon welcomes you. And then rushes inside and he says, we have this. Thank you. And at that point, you have a choice. You can carry on with the rest of your race, which you will now have a much more difficult time to get there in any semblance of, of getting there. Or if you go now, uh, you would not beat uh, the team. Like, the rest of you had enough to beat the team, but basically, because you didn't get there, all four people have to be there. So you're going to have to do significant things to catch up. Way to blow it, Commander. Yep. I'll tell the main constable guy, if you need me, if you want a statement or anything else after you're done, I'll be at the resort, whatnot. Uh, Otherwise, if you've got this, I'm out. This is your jurisdiction. It's not Starfleet. And so what are you going to try to do to to get there in time to help your team win? And we've got, what, three momentum currently? Or are we back up to four? With your momentum spins, I had you counted down to one. All right, then... Because obviously I, I did the reading and I memorized the map of the internal city. So I'm going to spend the momentum to get the city, to get the back alley focus. So I'm going to know all the back alleys and, and paths. And I'm going to use fitness con to like haul butt behind and like All right. cut through like a Jason Bourne movie cut through an alleyway like up a over up a, a fence railing, off a trampoline a, yeah trampoline through yeah. some lady's balcony through the yeah Excellent. don't forget to run through the beauty shop and be like you guys look great As you uh, are running through the city, please make your rolls. Your difficulty is going to be a three. All right, then I will. How many threat do you have, Lee? I have none at this time. Excellent. Then I'll spend three threat for two extra dice. 
Okay. Seven, seven, five, eighteen. So three successes. All right, you are successful. You get there, and as you were on the field, the two other teams, your people, got their way in in front of everybody. You're moving. You're in concert with the last people from each of the two other teams. You've dusted the person, that one team that had that person that didn't even succeed at all. And as you are running and you get to where you need to go, you pull in just barely a nose ahead of the team that had uh, initially a seven going in. You are successful in in being the first team back. And upon investigation, they confirm that you definitely do have the Shandas. And the people rejoice. Katran comes up to you and says, you have been successful in completing the hunt. You honor our people with your knowledge of our customs and our artifacts. You and Starfleet, as well as the whole Federation, is more than welcome to Solon. And Solon welcomes you. And I'm all like, I'm all like, give me, I'm like bent down, breathing, hold on. I'm like trying to get <laughs> oxygen back in my lungs. It's been a hot minute. I'll, I'll go up to the captain, pull one of the um, hypo sprays off his bandolier and give him the triox. <laughs> and with that, the scene closes. We'll have a, a post-credit scene where you are all sitting on a balcony, relatively closed in. Tanari, you're sit back a little bit towards the entrance of the balcony, so you're a little, you're nowhere near like the open air part of it. But you are all sharing some beverages and some snacks, uh, some charcuterie from various places. And please describe what you're drinking and eating, Lieutenant Tanari. He's having basically a classic Andorian ale and then some light snacks, probably some basic. He's trying out some basic local fruits and meats, something light. Commander Tobor? There's an insect on Trill that is very similar to what, what a honeybee would be on Earth, but they produce a... It's a green... Uh, secretion that's of course very high in calories and such and it's used in a lot of classic trill cooking and so he just has simple slices of bread with that the green honey smeared on it which is like a considered like a rustic classic trill fare that there is beauty in simplicity uh, of, at times, there's th- something eternal about simplicity. So mm-hmm. he's there, and then he has a classic mammalian milk from a, a beast to beast on a trail as well. So it's okay. just milk, bread, and honey. And Najar? Najar, whenever we're on another planet, always tries the local food. Uh, he's a foodie. He loves flavors and trying new things. But if it's something that seems too, for lack of a better word, alien, 
He's not really interested in the Ferengi grubs. He's just not a grub eater. He doesn't want to eat them. But unless it seems gross, he always eats the local fare. Okay. They do have some interesting fruits and vegetables. Their seafood is amazing. And that's when you realize the scent that you're catching in the air is also carried through in their in in their sea life so their fish when cooked smells like this but more pronounced when they're being cooked they're crustaceans similar to lobster type things they all have that so and what you're sensing from that scent in the air is it's literally that's what their salt water smells like you're actually smelling the salt on this planet has that sweet warm flavor and scent to it so literally the smell of their salt water is this. And what you'll also find is there are several um, alcoholic beverages that are made with this to give it that sense. So basically their salt water is actually quite drinkable because it is less, while it is still salt water and cannot be used to sustain life indefinitely, it's actually something that can be consumed, which is one of the reasons why their culture has built its way over the years without a lot of destruction uh, is because the resource that is most necessary for life is sustaining water. And while they do need other waters or desalinate this water for other purposes, this is still usable to get by when times are hard or times are difficult. So even in times where there is drought, so there's not fresh rains, they can always take the water that they have and get by for a period. So they had less conflicts throughout their history because the one resource necessary for life was plentiful. Does their salt smell like this as well then? If they desalinate this water and turn it into a Yes, sink? absolutely. Najar is definitely gonna bring some of that back, making a comment about wondering what it would do to cookies. Yep, to car and salt cookies. So with that, Lucian is also trying some local fare. But in addition to that, he's also a little antsy to leave. He, he, he says, sir, if you don't mind, I, I got a date. <laughs> you remember the manual, Ensign, for interspecies contact? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're mm. just playing some Don John. What's the worst that could happen? If uh, you don't you mind, stabbed in the heart by a Nausicaan? I've got three of those. I'll be okay. Do you, do you mind if I head out, Captain? Go for it, Ensign. Enjoy. Thank you, sir. If I don't, if I do say so, this has been a really great away mission. And he exits the the balcony with your permission and heads off on his way. It is just now back to the three of you. Oh, Just oh. as he's heading out the door, Najar nods towards him and points and says, "Lucian, be good. But if you're gonna if you're gonna be bad, be good at it." Because I got of my course. eye on you. <laughs> <laughs> and he heads out. And and he heads out. He's very excited, very happy, and pleased with his adventure. The three of you are left. You're there. The night sky is there, and a message. The hotel computer says welcome and Solon welcomes you tours to the high mountain will begin at 0800 tomorrow would you care to book travel 
I think I've seen enough of the high mountain. Yeah. Now, this, by the way, is the mountain that they talked about where you basically are inside the mountain and you go up to the top and you're outside of the atmosphere and get to see everything. <laughs> yeah. Tobor's going. Then sure, it's, it's not the same old mountain. mountain. As long as we're going inside through inside the mountain and not outside, I'm in. Consider your travel booked. Enjoy your stay. And remember, welcome. Solon welcomes you. NC. Thank you. <laughs> they, they really need to workshop that, don't they? <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs>